Hey listeners, welcome back to Ideas Without Borders. This is Maisha, and my co-host for today is Simka. Today we have Mandy Coleman, a previous chapter president, to talk with us about the musical art form of reggae, along with its history and its social impact. Welcome, Mandy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. To start off, do you want to tell us a little about what reggae is? For sure. So reggae is a musical genre which was originally founded in Jamaica. And so it comes from two styles of music. One is called ska and the other is rock study. And it's kind of a blend of the two. So all of these genres have a distinctive rhythm section with a bass line, and they also will have harmonies in the background vocals. And one of the things that makes reggae unique is that there is a staccato offbeat, and you'll hear this through most reggae songs. The other thing is that often reggae artists will sing about social injustices, inequality, which you'll hear throughout this podcast. So the first song that we're going to listen to is called War by Ziggy Marley. It was originally composed by Bob Marley. And in this clip, you'll be able to hear the distinctive rhythm section, which is what I was talking about earlier. Until the philosophy which owes one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited. Can you tell me a little bit more about the origins of reggae? For sure. So often when you hear about reggae, most people think about Bob Marley. And there's a reason for this. Bob Marley was one of the, what you could call a founding father of reggae. And he is one of the main reasons why reggae is such a globalized music, because it did come from a relatively small island of Jamaica, and now reggae is heard throughout all of the world. One of the things that Bob Marley did is he took this framework of reggae music, and he created songs that spoke to the common people of the world. You'll hear songs such as Get Up, Stand Up, or No Woman, No Cry, which are all about speaking to the common people about standing up for the injustices that they face in their life. So we'll listen to a quick clip of Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Can you tell me a little bit more about the social history of reggae? For sure. So one of the things that you'll often hear in songs is a reference to Rastafari culture. And so one of the things that Bob Marley was a big spokesperson for was this idea of that we're all one people and that we all come from common ancestors. And so that's kind of the whole idea behind the song One Love, that we should all love each other regardless of our background. And so one of the other things that you'll hear often in reggae songs is this idea of forgetting about your troubles and just enjoying life and having a good time. And so one of the next songs that we'll hear is called Skankin' Sweet by Chronix. And Skankin' is a style of dance that often goes along with reggae. I can't really describe it because I can't do it myself, but I encourage you all to look it up on YouTube. It's kind of cool. And it's this idea that no matter what you are facing in your life, you can just put on some reggae music, start skanking and dancing, and just kind of forget about all your worries. Everybody wanna feel like free. Forget 
something that I've always had a question about is I know that reggae is about these kind of deep topics about like social impact and injustice, but it has like a very uplifting beat, like almost like you always like want to dance to it. And I wanted to know if there was a reason for that. Like normally you think of, you know, hard topics with like sad music to go along with it. Do you know why reggae is kind of this contrast and if it has any meaning? I guess I don't really know why it has such an uplifting um, beat. I totally know what you, you're talking about. You always want to dance, but then they're talking about these topics that are really deep. And so normally it would be accompanied by more sad music. Um, but I think that that's one of the things that makes reggae so popular is that, you know, you're able to talk about these harsh topics through the lens of music, but you can do it in a way that's positive and welcoming instead of in a way that Maybe you want to sit alone in your room. It's more of a community-based music. That's so interesting. I feel like that kind of makes more sense now. It's like you don't have to go through these like hard problems by yourself. Yeah, it's like uh, bringing a community of people together to celebrate each other as well as have important discussions, right? Yeah, exactly. Kind of relating to this too, do you want to actually tell us about the social impacts of reggae? For sure. So one of the things that Bob Marley is most famous for is that two days before one of his big concerts, he was actually shot in an attempted assassination. And he stood up on stage and still sung two days later. And so he became kind of this symbol of this fight against, you know, shootings and police violence and all that stuff. And so one of his songs is called I Shot the Sheriff by Bob Marley. And We'll listen to it first, and then I'll give you a little bit more context about what the song is. So as you heard in that clip, um, you hear Bob Marley talk about how he shot the sheriff, but not the deputy, and how they're looking for him and that they're they're trying to get him to be arrested. And this song, although it may just sound like it's someone who went and shot someone, it actually has a lot deeper meaning. So the reason that Bob Marley released this song was to talk about police brutality and this idea that if he were to go up and shoot a police officer that they would be after him, he would be thrown in jail. But if a police officer is to shoot a person of color, then oftentimes the charges will be waived and nothing will really come out of it. So it was this big social movement against police brutality. And it's crazy to think that that happened all those years ago. Another similar song is called Don't Shoot by Steel Pulse. And this was released in 2019. It follows the similar lines of police brutality. And one of the interesting things that you'll hear in the lyrics of this song is that they say, don't shoot and I can't breathe. And these words should really resonate with a lot of our listeners. As recently, George Floyd lost his life as police officers were kneeling on his neck and his last words were, I can't breathe. And so I want you to really resonate with those lyrics as you listen to this clip. The city on lockdown. Don't shoot, 
called Steel Pulse. There are legends in the reggae world. They released a song called Ku Klux Klan, which for many people will know is a white supremacy hate group. And they released this song a couple of weeks before the KKK was scheduled to, to land in London, England, which is their home city. So what they did is they, when they performed this song, they put on the outfits of the KKK and they were basically putting on a performance to show how harmful this group can actually be. And it was um, intended to be this incredible stance against white supremacy. And so we'll listen to the lyrics of that song. I find it so crazy how we still haven't overcome these issues yet, like police brutality and white supremacy. And like, I know, well, I hope society changes for the better throughout time, but don't shoot the sheriff is just as relevant today as it was back then. It's a horrible thing that this is still an issue. And I think it's so incredible how a musical art form like reggae can be so impactful in this sort of respect. So can you tell us a little bit more about what reggae looks like today and how it's evolved throughout time? For sure. So the reggae that we listen to throughout this podcast has mostly been historical reggae. As many of our viewers may know, Bob Marley is unfortunately no longer with us. Steel Pulse is still rocking. Um, they're an older band now, but they're just as good as they were when they started out. But now we start to see some new reggae artists emerging. And so one of the bands is called Soja. They are from the United States. And they will often talk about anti-capitalism and this idea of Babylon. And so what Babylon is, is it is a word used in reggae music that represents the capitalist society. So this forever drive to make money, even at the expense of people's lives and people's well-being. And so we'll listen to this song called Born in Babylon by Soja. And it talks about having your hands cuffed together and how you're, even though they're your hands, they don't really belong to you. And so let's take a listen to that. Born in Babylon, but you just got to be free. Shackles on your feet that you and me can't see But you can feel them and they heavy So you need that key And so you're looking at your hands saying Man, if I ditch the system, these could be mine But then you hear a voice come up from behind Don't even think about stepping out of line Is there anything else that reggae has touched upon, whether it's a social issue, a political issue, a criminal issue? I mean, I'm sure I could find an example of reggae songs for each of the different things that you just mentioned. 
But one of the really cool songs which I recently came across is a song called Medication by Damien Marley. So one of the really cool things about Bob Marley's family is that Damien Marley is actually his son and he continues to sing uh, reggae songs as well as many of his brothers and even one of Bob Marley's grandsons is now a singer, Skip Marley, who also does reggae music. And so it definitely runs in their family. But as I was saying, there's this song Medication by Damien Marley, which talks about the legalization of marijuana and how in Rastafari culture, marijuana is viewed as a medication, but in Babylon society, weed is considered something that's criminal. And it talks about how, or at least it touches upon how there are hundreds, if not thousands of people who are incriminated in the United States right now for uh, marijuana. And in their culture, that's not a crime. And so it's a it's a really interesting juxtaposition about like the legalization of marijuana and their forever fight to make it such that people aren't being put behind bars for things that aren't necessarily harmful to society. So let's take a listen to that song. Yeah, I'm really glad that places like Canada and more and more states in the U.S. are starting to decriminalize weed because it's more of like a biasy that people have. It's not actually more harmful than alcohol. It's just a different drug of choice. And I'm glad that people are finally starting to see it as incriminating people for these nonviolent drug charges is hurting the community. And I just looked it up and the song came out in 2017. I hope <laughs> Damien's like glad to see this happening too. You know, whether it is caused by this or started the conversation more that people were like, okay, we have to decriminalize this. Yeah, some guy really like what you had to say. Um, it's really interesting when people talk about Rastafari because they often think about people who are, you know, just smoking weed on the side of the road, listening to reggae music, at least Jamaican society, they were often seen as um, rebels and people who were going to break the rules and do all this stuff. But some of the rules that we have in our society, such as the criminalization of weed, just simply don't make sense. And so Rastas were some of the first people to stop and say, wait, this makes no sense. And because of that, they were seen as these rebel groups. When in reality, some of their principles, for example, one of their principles is that they like to grow all their own food and they don't believe in commercialized agriculture. And depending on who you are, you may or may not agree with it. But I think that we can all agree that homegrown food can be a lot more environmentally friendly and we're seeing that more and more. And so it's interesting how this group of people who were once considered to be rebels actually have ideas about the way that our society should function, which we're starting to shift towards. And so I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah, it seems like as we get to know each other better and understand each other's perspectives better, that we are more accepting of each other's views and social stances. And that over time, things that are socially and culturally ex are acceptable are changing for the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see how things like decriminalizing weed have, you know, actually moved forward and growing your own food at home has kind of became more of a movement now. It's like 
trendy (laughs) and how like we're moving in that direction and it's kind of unfortunate about how things like social change and justice are moving slower but hopefully it will follow along with the rest. Speaking of the legality of marijuana and those who have to serve jail time for possessing marijuana, one of reggae's longtime favorite artists is named Bunny Whaler, and he actually served 14 months in jail in 1967 for possessing marijuana. However, there's a lot of literature that points to the fact that he was wrongfully convicted, and so he served 14 months in jail for a crime that he didn't actually commit. And one of the cool things that came out of that is Bunny Whaler was really inspired during his time in jail to write songs. And one of those songs is called Fighting Against Conviction. And we'll listen to a quick clip of it right now. In a family of 10 and raised in the ghetto, hustling's the only education I know. Can't grow no crops in this concrete jungle. A situation like this is getting So as you can hear in that clip, Bunny Wheeler speaks about being wrongfully convicted and about this life after prison and what that's going to look like for him. And one of the reasons that he speaks about this is because this song was actually composed while he was in jail. And some of the first people to hear his songs were his fellow inmates when he was on the Richmond prison farm in St. Mary. And they were really inspired by this song because it doesn't just talk about being wrongfully convicted, but it also talks about this idea that for some people, selling and distributing marijuana isn't really a choice. And it mentions the conditions of extreme poverty that a lot of people live in in Jamaica as well as other countries around the world. And selling marijuana is really the only way that they can provide for their families. And so within the song, you'll hear lyrics such as, we can't grow crops in this concrete jungle. And this really goes hand in hand with the Rastafari culture in that they believe that they should be able to produce their own food and be self-sufficient, as we mentioned. Um, But we can't do that if we're in these big cities where everything is just paved over and there's no land for people to actually grow their food. So this song became kind of a, a song of people who were imprisoned. And one interesting thing that came out of this is that often it wasn't able to be played on the radio because Uh, the governments and other authorities were worried that it would create this movement where people would start to almost sell even more marijuana and not care about the rules. And so often when you hear about reggae music, you'll hear about rebel anthems and this notion that the music is fighting against the governments and against Babylon. But in this case, Bunny Whaler was trying to fight against this notion that selling marijuana is bad. And And that instead, for many people in Jamaica, it's their only choice. And so they may not choose to do it, but it's like really their only way that they can see getting out of extreme poverty. Do you know if weed has actually been legalized in Jamaica? Yeah, it appears that in 2015, Jamaica decriminalized weed or the possession of weed. And so now it is considered only a petty offense, whereas before it was an automatic 18 months in jail. I wonder how he celebrated that in 2015. I'm sure that a lot of Rastafari were very happy about that. (laughs) 
So as we've heard through this podcast, there are a lot of ways in which Bob Marley and the Whalers made a legacy in reggae music that was fighting for rights and fighting for changes to laws that didn't make sense within the context of the nations that they were applied. So I think it's important to honor the Whalers, which were Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Whaler, and thank them for all that they have done for reggae music. It is also important to mention, I think, to our listeners that all of the whalers have now passed away. Bunny Whaler was the final whaler to leave this world, and he passed away on March 2nd, 2021. And so a lot of reggae listeners around the world are still mourning the loss of a great legend. So in light of his passing, we would just like to recognize the amazing work that the whalers did to lay the foundation for reggae music, which we continue to hear today, and how the work that they did way back in the day is still being very impactful today as we've seen throughout the podcast. Do you have any final thoughts on reggae music or social justice or anything else? I guess one of the things that we talk about a lot when we think about the Black Lives Matter movement and supporting Black and people of color is what we can do as allies. So regardless of the color of your skin, you can be a part of this movement. And one of the really interesting things that we saw was Blackout Tuesday. And so if you remember back, it's the day when everyone's Instagram suddenly had a black square on it. And the idea was that if you put a black square on your Instagram, that you're you're showing support for this movement. But I think one of the really interesting things relating to this topic of reggae music is that Blackout Tuesday was actually started in the musical industry. And the whole purpose behind the day was that the industry was going to shut off all of their production and essentially put the music industry on hold for one whole day to honor the fact that there were many people in the United States as well as around the world who were losing their lives. And so what turned into a social media black box was actually a recognition of the fact that our musical industry has largely profited off of the lives of black people. So when we talk about genres of music such as reggae or even, you know, rap or jazz, all of these different types of music, they're all rooted in the movement of black people from Africa to the Americas through the Great Atlantic Slave Trade. So, for example, reggae music in Jamaica was largely brought about by people who were formerly slaves. And so we would not have this genre of music if it weren't for Black people, to put it very simply. And so the whole idea behind Blackout Tuesday was that we should recognize that there are people who are profiting very heavily off of the lives of Black people and that Black people are not being compensated fairly or even given enough recognition for the fact that they brought about this whole industry. That's really interesting. Like, I know I took part in that in a lot of other most people on social media with me took part in that and I didn't understand where it came from. Yeah, I did it too. And I mostly did it to stand in solidarity and to show that I'm an ally because I think that it's important to be very vocal about it and be actively anti-racist. So it's really interesting to know the origins of where that came from. Thank you so much, Mandy. A common theme is that we all have a lot more that we can learn. I personally have an interest in reggae music, but there's so much more that I 
need to learn about the Black Lives Matter movement. But I think one of the easiest principles to follow is that of Bob Marley. And that's just to remember that we're all one people and that regardless of where we come from or what we look like, we all have the same blood. We're all common ancestors and that we should all just love everyone regardless of who we are. So to end off the podcast, we're going to listen to one last song. It's a song that some of you may know and may recognize, and it's One Love by Bob Marley. I've definitely listened to One Love so many times, whether it was with friends or family or in the car. And it's so interesting to know the origins of reggae. So thank you so much, Mandy. I had a great time. Yeah, it's been awesome talking to you both about reggae. We hope that throughout this podcast, you gained an appreciation for the connection between reggae music and social change. We look forward to seeing the impact reggae will have on future generations and for the fight for social equality. To echo the words of Bob Marley, let's get together and be all right. Thank you for listening. Ideas Without Borders or to get in contact with us, please visit uwaterloo.ewb.wixsite.com slash podcast. Be on the lookout for next week's episode. Thank you so much.